Pierre? Tommy. Let me put you in a little hypothetical situation. Hypothetical. You and I actually, you know what, no, back it up. No hypothetical. It's time to get real. Okay? We have a little strat. Let's say that you're playing Among Us, right? The the smash hit game. Lots of people love to play. You know, you see it everywhere these days. Yeah. You know, AOC is playing it on Twitch. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? I don't know. We got a little strat, right? Now, there's a, this is called a pro strat. I believe Jeff came up with this. He can you call him <laughs> Jeff? Jeff came up with this strat. We've been implementing it. Works like a charm. <laughs> right? If yeah. not, you re- let's let's <laughs> go ahead. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, Jeff. All right. In any voting trial system, let's say that you might be suspicious. The strat is always to deflect. And what better deflection than to than to create angst and chaos by saying, vote them out first. And if not them, then me next. I'm trying. Look, I got a court date coming up. I'm trying that on the judge, Jeff. I think that this is going to work really well for me. I didn't do it. I think it's going to pay But I can tell off. you who did. What better way to instill confidence? Did. And after that person say, has hey. served their time, if they are, if they still think they're innocent, then you can try me. Come in on, we're years. humans. Am I, really, am I really just willing to drag somebody down with me? No. If I'm an upstanding citizen, I'll go down. Uh, but uh, it worked. The, the best yet. part about that strat is it works on both sides. Like if you're actually, if you actually know who it is, and you're like, "Listen, I need a vote of confidence. Right. Kill this man. It, I'm sure this guy's an imposter." And that works. It or it gets you get the fuzz or, off your back for just long enough, which is exactly one turn. And then, then you gotta pay with the Pied Piper. Yeah, if you're going down with the ship, at least you can thin out the herd, right? Like you take somebody with you. So. Yeah. I think it's and and I'd like to go ahead and say, you know, for our uh, our attorneys here that we don't have at Rough Draft Games, uh, well, that's legal advice. You can t- you can take that. We, <laughs> we made a, a legal board game. We have a lot of couch right? attorneys, unfortunately, now right. with the All Rise coming out, but no real that's ones. Right. And they all told us they gave us a big thumbs up about <laughs> letting you uh, recommend that for you guys. But we're talking about trial games. But before we do that, before. Before we we, we get into the nitty-gritty and we get on the witness stand and start killing each other, let's go ahead and introduce the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Roll and Move, the Internet's podcast that takes a look at some of the more bizarre, crazy, weird, uh, odd (laughs) fan-base-driven games that exist out there we break them down let's see what makes them we see what makes them work what makes them not work and we uh we talk about them for your listening pleasure i am your first co-host and one of the creators of rough draft games thomas Sugarberg, and with me here as always is garrett lively though not sentenced to an execution i was sentenced to a mere eight hours of community service for going 45 miles per hour in land passes texas at three in the morning speaking of double trials you almost got (laughs) in trouble twice for that Ticket wasn't that Ooh. right? Uh, yeah, almost two they, trials. Yeah, there's almost yeah there's almost two trials. They 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 thought I wasn't showing up, but I sh- I was there and on Memorial Day on or something? on time. Yeah, they scheduled yes yeah, so they scheduled they scheduled my thing on Memorial Day when the court was closed. So they're like, well, you you just gotta you know have your stuff ready. This is like, your fault. That's but right. how am I supposed fault. to turn it in? Well, <laughs> Garrett, just, Garrett, they say they say half they say half of the. Half of law enforcement is showing up. Okay, <laughs> that's that's a tip my dad told me. All right. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. And also yeah, with us, don't go to land passes. Is the moral of that story? You just don't you're do just it. speeding. That's your fault. <laughs> uh, Jeff Lee, uh, guys, go ahead and guess what do you think my favorite anime? If I were to live in an anime world, which anime world would it be? Um, what's Hunter X Hunter? 
Garrett guesses. Oh. <laughs> uh. Let me think about this. Give me give me like uh, two seconds to think about this. I gotta just pull up our library of games that we've played. Uh, I've got one in mind. I, I seem to recall um, some nudes that you're trying to finagle out of various Honey Pop. Honey Pop. Honey Pop. Yes, Honey Pop. Close. Honey Pop's a good one. St- also starts with an H. It's Hamtaro. Hamtaro. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just live as a hamster. There's, listen, in, in the real world is full of despair. Uh, there's no hope, but if you are a hamster in a hamster world and you're rolling around in a ball, what could go wrong? Real talk. What was that doing on the tsunami block? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I was on the tsunami block for like for like a solid yeah. couple months. I think right? they were just trying to pull in like the little sisters to get that right. viewership. I, I, that's the, that's my only guess. I, I, I have no. Wait. Idea. So Hamtaro wasn't the main event. <laughs> <laughs> I tuned out after three thirty. I was. <laughs> I was. I was gone. I was gone. I was, I was not yeah, hanging around. I was that trying block to get for... before Zorbs were a thing. I was trying to make a <laughs> human size. Garrett's laughing here. I'm trying to make a human-sized hamster ball and roll around my house. Nobody else? Just me? Just you. I thought it was the main event. <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're talking about anime. We're talking about trials. You're probably trying to fit in your head some sort of a Venn diagram. You got the two circles. You're pushing them together. You're going, what sort of overlap is there out there? And I'll give you a couple more seconds. Three, two, one. The overlap is Danganronpa. Okay, that is, spoiler alert, go ahead and throw it out there for you. There was several anime adaptations of different parts of the Danganronpa series, and little did you know, somebody made a TTS, Tabletop Simulator, board game out of it. And it's pretty all right. (laughs) Pretty good. That's the end of the show, folks. There we go. (laughs) I give it a five out of ten. My rating is this, and I'm out. But for those of you who don't have that uh, former knowledge of Danganronpa, you listen to me and you go, what the heck is that? I'll tell you this. I'll say it's the it's the series where there's that really cute looking but sort of creepy bear that's half black, half white, and has the red eye. Very for those of you who still don't know what I'm talking about, uh, Garrett, how how you were the one who first told me, yeah, about Dangan. You guys talking about Peta Bear? Right? Yeah. yeah. That- <laughs> oh God, dude. Well, well, what drew drew me into it? I I I think you have a little bit more. You I like you said introduced it to you. And then I, I think you dove a little bit deeper. Got an, I don't know if you read the mangas, but I know you played more of the games than I did. But uh, the original anime of the uh, the first series, um, what actually drew me into it was kind of the game mechanics that are interlaced throughout the series. Um, basically, it is a group of high school, uh, talented high schoolers that wake up and are forced to murder each other. Um <laughs> In order to survive, uh, very very much like battle royale, right? Very, yeah, yeah, very much, yeah. very much. Uh, you you go on trial, and the stakes are you know figure out who the killer was. If not, you all die, and the killer lives. Um, uh, a very you know kind of battle royale meets Phoenix Wright type system. Um, but it was it was always very intriguing to me because because of the those stakes were were just so good. Um, yeah. You're not you're not forced to kill anybody, but uh, if you don't, you'll all just start you know dying did anybody resign oh, to crazy. their fate in the show they're just like i'm done oh yeah oh yeah uh that. yes multiple people respond to the situation yeah. multiple ways uh with apathy really interesting that'd be ones. me some somewhere apathy somewhere <laughs> just like well i don't care i can just hang out and 
I, I, you know, I'm the ultimate, I'm the ultimate gamer. I can just, I'm the guy that just shows up when, uh, we have to present the project. Yeah. So that would be, mm-hmm. but it's, it's really fun because the, the game does sort of like a lot of different story directions where it does incorporate the different reactions to it. And if there is a point <clears> where <throat> none of the players are killing each other, they introduce a motive, right? Mm-hmm. Where, uh, Monokuma, the little bear who is running this horrific event. <laughs> is basically like, oh, by the way, I uh, for this specific round only, I have, uh, I have uh, your family members who are outside of the school, and if you, if no one kills in the next month, then you know they're gonna get killed, and yep. so he's able to encourage things to uh, keep progressing and keep escalating, which mm. is which makes for a really good story. That's why you skip school. <laughs> that is the lesson. That's the lesson. That, I I was wondering if, you, if someone was gonna get that, but you just thank skip school. Uh, so, so Danganronpa to, uh, further, further elaborate, it was created by Spike Chunsoft, I believe for the, uh, I think it was for the PSP, I believe was the original platform that it came out for. So it was was a game first? It was a visual storytelling number. Yes. Okay. It was a video game first, uh, way before. And the first game came out and it was very much sort of a, a sleeper underground game. Most people hadn't heard of this. It, yeah. it only really started blowing up and becoming well-known once it was post-anime. The anime came out years after. I think um, anime was around like 2013. Okay. Hmm. Um, I need to double check these dates. But I do know that That's it was many years after anything. the PSP. We don't, we don't fact check on this podcast. Just keep going. Right, we can't do that. We don't have time, folks. We got <laughs> in and out. You're you're not on the elliptical for 35. That's how long we got you. So we got to move. Uh, but so after the game, there was uh, an anime adaptation, and then they came out with a second game, which was Danganronpa two, uh-huh. and then they came out with a a couple of side like little side <clears> ventures <throat> off in the world. You know how Joey had his own spinoff on Friends, yeah. sort of like that stuff, but for the game. Then they came out with two animes. To bridge the story between Danganronpa 2 and Danganronpa V3. And then they came out with Danganronpa V3, which is the third game in the series. But they call it V3 for important reasons. Um, And then they they proceeded to ruin the fucking series with with Danganronpa V3. It was, uh, of course, that's my uh, my own personal take. There's many people who disagree with me. But uh, that that is, it's a huge story right it is a and it has achieved colossal fandom in the years since thanks to it being available on steam for pc and thanks to uh the anime and also thanks to cosplayers those characters are some of the most famous and well well well-known characters uh for e-girls to dress up as because there's very uh beautiful anime girls all throughout the uh the entire series Mm -hmm. uh and they are favorites on on tiktok and that's mm-hmm. actually how most people heard of the game mm-hmm. outside of uh, outside of Steam. But anyways, it was about time that this fandom eventually started expanding long enough that through uh, happenstance, one of those super fans who is uh, browsing the subreddit that has over a million people on it now uh, happened to coincide with someone who has a little bit of decent skill on Tabletop Simulator. And so now we have this lovely little gym on our hands which is all about class trials and murder and and finding the killer what what is the official name of this uh of this of this game this, this is called hope's peak academy danganronpa board game uh hope's peak academy being the high school in the original 
uh, Danganronpa that the students are locked in and are forced to kill each other. In. Is it? Does every game happen at a different high school? No. Um, I can tell you where the same games high happen. school. Like if the kids okay don't know it, every year. Yeah, the first there's... one's a high school, and then they're like on a school trip, but they're on like an island. Oh, okay. Uh, they're on so, a beach, yeah. and then but it's all uh, kids from the same high school. Like they don't learn. Right. Like that. Well, well, <laughs> they're time? like split apart. So there's like it's a different. Yeah, yeah. There's like inter interweaving storylines. Mm. So like one storyline may be going on. Maybe simultaneously, maybe you know, twenty years in the future. Right. Yeah, you, you don't see. really know. You, you're not really sure of the timeline. I gotcha. I gotcha. And then, it's uh, no Zelda timeline, but it, there's definitely some tomfoolery going yeah. on there. Um, right. That it is trying to make it unclear for for story purposes. I see. Yeah. Okay. So it's um, not like. And then by the time the f- this school year, we're gonna kill this many people. Yeah, next yeah, school year, yeah. I'm gonna still go yeah. back to that school. Like, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but but all the students of said high school are like the best in the world at like one thing. So they're like um, ultimate pitcher, like ultimate swimmer, like ultimate. What's the worst? Fighter. What's objectively the worst talent? <laughs> uh, well, the, I think the main character doesn't know what he's the best at. It's um, <laughs> <laughs> <that's> pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 known as the ultimate lucky student because he won a lottery to get to go to the high school anyway. So your main protagonist, right, which is supposed to be a self-insert, is someone who doesn't have any specific talent. Mm. So it's someone that the audience can sort of easily. Uh, assimilate to uh and then you find out towards the end of the game and this is sort of a I, there's a little bit of a spoiler here if you haven't played the game but this is a major mechanic in the board game that we're playing is hope versus despair yeah. right you learn that you are the ultimate hope uh and that is uh you're on all the cards in this game you're on cards that are like the main character of the first game is on cards that increase hope by two or reduce despair by two Mm -hmm. so i mean that is one of the integral systems that is part of the game so that's we'll try to limit spoilers for the game but that one you know you gotta know Mm -hmm. yep uh so let's let's do this scare let's actually crack the lid on this thing and i i even said at first this looks intimidating so garrett's gonna do some talking (laughs) here but hold hold on it's actually not as bad as it sounds not that bad so uh Walk us, walk us through. Why don't you give us our opening school orientation for Hope's Peak Academy? Agenda Welcome week. Students. <laughs> Welcome, students. Welcome, uh, students. My name is Brian C. Newhall. I'll be walking you through the <laughs> Hope's Peak Academy board game. Uh, first thing when you open up this mod, you're going to find yourself in a high school uh, little rest, little uh, rec room. You got an arcade, you got a library, you got a little pizza joint. Um, this is a very, very well put together mod. It has a lot of and assets. This, they literally—that's not the board or the the. This, this has nothing no. to do with the it's game just the play. environment. So in table, yeah, in Go tabletop ahead. simulator, you're able to like play in a game room, right? You can create. Most people like just take a picture of a parking lot, and you have a 3D picture all around you while you're playing this big board game in front of you. This they actually created like an arcade in a high school with pop up characters from the game, assets from the game all standing around the room it was 3d models very yeah, much it's con- like yeah. it's actual constructed yeah. with love yeah very 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 cool very time consuming um great nod to fans of the game anyways nice little nugget for people that are dropping in not something you see in almost any tabletop simulator mod i think this is probably the first one where we've seen it to this degree oh yeah um, for sure i think the only one we remember that i remember was a sonic one they pulled in the oh, yeah. they pulled in one of the Sonic levels, but it wasn't they, no, nothing was original. Uh, that was all two D. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyways, that has nothing to do with the game whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> on the table, <laughs> you will find the game board. Uh, the game board is basically just a little tableau for you to keep track of what's going on. Um, the game is basically a card game. 
Um, and I'm going to kind of break this down into the separate phases and then maybe try to tie it all together at the end with how they overlap. Uh, so the first phase is going to be the building and or drafting phase. And basically all you're doing there is you're going to be dealt a certain number of cards. You're going to pick one of those cards and play it in front of you. And then you're going to pass the remaining cards to the next player. Um, and basically all of the cards do the same thing or one of two things. They will either add plus one hope, which is one point for the good guys or plus one despair, which is one point for the bad guys in the game. Um, that's the drafting phase for the most part. At the end of it, you will, uh, shuffle the discards and randomly play one to kind of keep things level. Um, and that's it for the drafting phase. The event phase is next, and there's a little tableau of various events that you can buy to influence the game. Um, you can remove the total despair, which are the negative points again. You can um, look at players' affiliation cards, which I haven't gotten into yet. You can mark people for death. Um, so you can do a couple different things in there that are very interesting. Um, and then at the end of that phase, in a certain numbers of rounds, depending on how many players there are, you will hold a class trial where you will execute one player. Um, the point here is to attempt to execute the players that are on the despair or the bad team because they are um, trying to ruin all the fun for everybody. And the attempt for the despair players are to attempt to assassinate the good players, the future foundation players in this case. Um, after that round, you will end the phase. Uh, basically, if you're dead, you'll get a uh, negative one point marker, but you're not out of the game. You keep playing cards, and you repeat all three of those phases again um, with dead players not being able to generate despair. So, again, the idea there, if you kill the despair players, they are not able to introduce more despair into the economy of the game and thus making it easier for the good guys to win. Uh, you'll go through five rounds. At the end of five rounds, there is a certain threshold. If uh, that threshold of despair is met, the despair team wins. And then the person with the most victory points on the despair team is declared the ultimate despair winner. If that despair threshold is not met, the good team wins, the future foundation wins, and the player with the most victory points on that team is declared the ultimate hope winner. So semi-cooperative with one ultimate winner either way. Um, so like I said, those three things are all going to be tied together. Uh, you're trying to generate hope and or despair. You're trying to kill off players that are not on your team. And you're trying to buy actions that will help you do all those things. Um, I think that's it in a nutshell. There's a lot of like little minor rules that I don't think are super important um, to really dwell on. Did I miss anything? that y'all can think no of. i think yeah that's the general gist of it I, no give me give me a nice little two like a one sentence it's basically this meets this for it, anyone who wasn't able to follow along it's basically seven wonders meets mafia resistance or, or werewolf yeah perfect yeah <laughs> yeah uh that is uh and it, it i will say that while we were going over this we were very very much impressed with the uh the mechanics that were sort of Mm -hmm. going into it because there are a lot of especially we took a look at the one some of the ones that are for the uh more cards are introduced when you have like seven eight nine ten players that uh definitely make things more interesting the game was starting to show a couple flaws because we were playing with three i was the ultimate despair classic and uh i i also won <laughs> um i'm not sure if we're keeping track of who won and lost uh game. we did at one point I, I think we have we have since lost that but we can just fill it in with me winning all the <laughs> yeah. you just fill it in you know no big deal i'm pretty sure uh, by memory you know i remember 
me it was it was very interesting and i love i love hearing these explanations because whenever i hear garrett go over rules i just sort of like nod my head and i go (laughs) i'm just gonna have to trust that it's gonna start making sense early enough in the game for me to not screw myself (laughs) (laughs) but but this time around that confusion that i sort of had like towards the game actually wound up helping me it was the it was it it sealed my lies because my claims of not knowing what I was doing at the beginning part of the game Helped. were true. Um, it yeah, did. it was it was a very interesting playthrough because it's sort of hidden identity, mm-hmm. but you're also trying to keep in track and keep track of all the uh, all the different cards that each player is handing you because you have that little mix of secret Hitler, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't, I couldn't do anything. I drew two. You gave me two fascist cards. What? No, I could have sworn there was a there was a <laughs> liberal card in there. Sort of with this, you know, it's like oh, I got all these I got all these despairs, man. What are you What are you doing throwing my way? So it does make you have some thought as to what you're going to be handing your opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Am I going to have to, should I, should I worry more in my shoes about putting despair on the board right now and garnering suspicion, or should I play some more hopes to try and throw them off my trail, but also what cards am I going to be handing my opponent? There's sort of like two ways to sort of strategize. Do I want to be the one putting down despair, or do I want to try and hand more off, less options to Garrett and Jeff to put down despair, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, and then sometimes they just wind up doing it on their own. So it was interesting to see like multiple genres of the game sort of come in uh, to to meld together to create this very unique experience that worked perfectly for yeah. Danganronpa. Yeah, and that's why I was so surprised. Uh, uh, go ahead, Garrett. You want to? No, yeah. I, I mean, I, I totally agree. I, I think um, you know, kind of pulling in assets of like I I want to kind of you know play both sides works with the series i want to blend in but also uh, act selfishly to meet my end goal i mean all of that's a part of the themes that you that you find in the in the series so yeah you totally hit the nail on the head as far as like all those things coming together to to really create the experience of danganronpa yeah weirdly mm-hmm. um like i'm not the weeb here so like i <laughs> i i i have less experience with um with the show than you guys do in the game uh, so like from the outside looking in, I was mostly looking at or comparing it to existing games that I've played in the past. And so like, yeah, I, I got a lot of the Seven Wonders vibes. Mm-hmm. I think the only difference that I felt here was in Seven Wonders, you when you're doing the drafting mechanic, you reveal at every turn. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas here mm-hmm. you can essentially draft three or four cards before anybody knows what you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like it helps you veil a lot more of your intentions, which I'm not sure if that's good or bad and just calling it out for what it is. Right. Um and then additionally, like in same thing with Secret Hitler or uh, a lot of other social deduction games, like whatever you do, there's an immediate impact and people dissect what you've done at a very micro level. So like in Secret Hitler, you pass or you fail or sorry, you pass a fascist or a liberal policy and then you kind of discuss or argue about like what, what you got and, you know, somebody can vouch for you and you kind of, you know, people kind of start fig- trying to figure out who you are, what side you're in. But in this case, it kind of, I feel like got a little lost um, because, you know, one, you're worrying about yourself, which is good, but two, you're also, there's so many cards and they're passing through. And even with three players, it's like a little bit hard to figure out or remember like what you've passed along. Imagine if it was a 10, we played a three player game. Imagine if it was a 10 player game, like it'd just be a lot more difficult to keep track, right? So, especially cause you're not seeing every turn until after. So yeah, I think it's just like the place down the strategy is slightly different from from those games, even though it 
you know captures some of those game mechanics yeah i've never I, actually played seven wonders is is interesting i've heard that mentioned several times and i'm mm-hmm. like yeah i'm sort of nodding my head and i'm like dang it i gotta <laughs> play that thing man yeah i i think there's a i mean there's a definite so seven wonders tom you're you are dealt a certain amount of cards. You pick one, you play it, and you hand it over to the next player. So it's a balance of you picking the card you need, but also not giving right. your neighbor the card they need. Yeah, um, and that's that's the gist of the game. Um, the difference being in Seven Wonders, that's the whole game, and so there are various paths. You know, there's like seven different uh, ways to win in that game, or seven seven different point scoring mechanisms. Mm-hmm. In this game, I think one of the areas that it does fall flat is that. There's no real difference in my mind if I have one hope card and two despair cards. Like, either way, if I'm a good guy and the guy next to me is a bad guy or vice versa, either way, a hope and a despair is going to get played. Like, there, there's, it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't matter if I play it or if you play it, right? Right. So, it, not a lot of information is learned and not a lot of, I mean, I guess there is some strategy if you want to make somebody look bad, but really the decision is, it comes back to the same thing either way. So, I, I do wish there's a little bit more as far as like you being able to pick cards and, and strategize around that. Um, there's a little bit, you you're, you are dealt character cards at the beginning of the game and like certain, you you want certain color of cards. So there's a little set collection element to the game. But I, I don't think that it really outweighs the, the necessity to out who the good and the bad players are to swing your team to victory yeah like i think like so in seven wonders and similarly sushi go i think is another like drafting set collection game it's a lot lighter than seven wonders but um you're just playing for your own benefit and your own win and you're just kind of trying to block the people to your left or your right and in this case like that can work but you also don't know if they're against you or not you know because there is that semi-co-op you know aspect of the game so like am i causing anguish or despair for people that are on my team um even though at the end of the day there's only one winner but you know your team has to win for you your victory condition to come true and you to be able to score into the victory points so that's the other thing too it's like there's no way for me to know fully like who is on my team Mm -hmm. except for like you know there's slight ways Mm -hmm. that oh we saw tom playing a lot of despair so like you know can we tom can argue one way or the other but it just felt like it was doing a lot of different things, but nothing with a lot of depth, if that makes sense. Like I wanted a little bit more yeah. social deduction. I wanted Tom to defend his actions a bit more. And uh, I wanted like some of the decision-making to be more impactful. Um, mm-hmm. It felt like we got a lot of mechanics from different games. I just, again, I did, I felt like I didn't get enough of like, it didn't, it didn't feel like it simmered, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitive actions to sort of like be a nail or two in the coffin uh, for my arguments that I'm not despair, I think are, are totally warranted here, or at least wanting, wanting to have those, those big moments that yeah. are mm-hmm. sort of indefensible. Um, I, one of the mechanics that I thought was a little weird, um, is the whole death thing, right? Yep. Uh, you kill off a player, but they're not out and they can get back alive. They can become alive again through a narrow escape. It, it, the whole process seemed a little clunky to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, especially, I don't know if it was just the three, the three player game thematically and also mechanics wise. I, maybe, maybe it was just sort of lost yeah. on me. But, um, I, uh, so at the midpoint of the game, at the midpoint, which is very weird because to have like a, a death in a three person game where you only kill off one person, you would 
feel like that should come at the end. That's sort of a climax yeah. climax action, right? Mm-hmm. You're choosing right. to kill someone off. But they chose to put it in the middle of the game. And because it's in the middle of the game, the person who was designing it uh, had the... At least they, they did have this. I mean, I credit them for doing this, but you wouldn't have this problem if you didn't put it in the middle of the game. They had to figure out a way to keep Jeff involved because right. you can't kill off a player, you know, or else, mm-hmm. you know, they're totally, you know, he's going to F off on the other side of the room and, you know, start <laughs> Do chowing down on Buffalo chicken yeah. dip. Exactly. Uh, so you got to keep him involved. And I understand, like, wanting to include this stuff and, like, methods for him to come back alive and he still gets to play. He still gets to draw cards. He still gets to uh, play cards. It doesn't make sense for him to do that as he's dead because I can see that, like, so I asked you, Garrett, I asked you in the middle of the game, right after we did the round, I said, so what is stopping the despair player? Because there's no more trials in the game. You can't kill anyone else. Mm -hmm. What's stopping the person from just going full mask off Mm -hmm. and going, well, you didn't get me in that trial, so now I'm literally only going to play despair cards. And there's nothing you can do to stop yeah i that that flaw i do think is specific to the three-player game where there is for some reason the the trial is only in the middle of the game uh the other games have the trials all the other player counts have the trials at the end of the game so oh weird yeah i i don't know why they did that for the three-player game but it there there is no reason to say that you're not the despair player so in the show like when people get killed do they come back and affect anything else thematically uh, the that's only a, that's time a spoiler that has well. ever <laughs> you can just say yes or no i mean there is i yeah. won't say which where uh, this isn't much of a spoiler because i won't even specify which game slash show slash whatever mm. it comes from but in there are there is one person who is quote unquote killed but does manage to come out on the other side okay so it's not unthematic Okay, but it's not like a common um, thing where somebody dies and people, they like leave breadcrumbs or something like that, right? In general? No, not at all. Yeah. See, that's where it did feel weird. Like, I wasn't sure, like, I had died and I wasn't sure if it was meant for me to like still kind of play the game and then come back. Like, it it just felt like, at the end of the day, it felt like a way for me to lose points and that's it. Like, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I ended up losing hope points. I spent a lot of hope points to get back in the game and I lost a victory point permanently and that's all that's all the impact that it really was. It didn't feel like I was it felt like I was playing the game again, but I just lost a big chunk of my lead and like it felt like there's a lot of hubbub for something that wasn't <laughs> yeah. that didn't like, you know, hamstring me in other way. I obviously I, I didn't win because of that. And like even even if our side had won, the hope side had won, I wouldn't have won. But I was just kind of strange. Like I was wondering if there's another thing like I think the only thing about the only cool thing about dying in the game is that you can't take despair. And so I was trying to figure out if there's ways that I can gamify that um, where mm-hmm. I could start taking on more despair for the greater good. Um, the greater good. Yeah, because it wouldn't be counted against you in the right, end game. Right, Because you're just like, it's you're sort of a despair sponge yeah. that just goes into... Exactly. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yet. I had to consider not coming back alive, but, you know, you do, the longer you, that happens, you know, the more points you lose. So I, I don't know if there's a good strategy for that. And that's, that's not really good for individual play, but it's better for team play. So... Yeah, I don't know. I, I like there's some good good things about dying, but I feel like it wasn't quite balanced the way that it should have been. Yeah, I think it, I, I why I, go ahead. I I think you're right. I mean, I think if it it feels like 
I, I, and I don't have a good answer for it, but it feels like that you're only adding this card because um, people can get out very early in the game. Because I, yeah. I, I do think just allowing players to keep playing their cards, which you can do, and still giving them the ability to win, which you can do, is enough if, if it happens later in the game. It's just an issue of, like, you know, if you're constantly getting the negative one victory point every single round for being dead, um, that's a that's a pretty big penalty. So I don't I don't know. I, I think maybe you can just kind of tinker around with that because I, I think you do reward the good guys, the future foundation for eliminating the the despair players because they can no longer play despair. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But you're not you're not really punishing the future foundation players i guess in the same way so i don't, I don't know i don't have a good answer for it but it, it does feel clunky yeah i don't think you punish them as a whole but you do punish that one guy like the one guy that does die gets punished but for like if you were to sacrifice the weakest future foundation player yeah. in like a larger game i feel like that would i got a i got a very simple fix for this situation you want to hear it yeah let's hear it don't offer the variant don't offer don't offer the three person variant. Yeah. yeah like agreed. if it if if it's falling apart at not just like the thematic well, scenes, well, like I think so, people can tolerate that. If it's falling apart at the mechanic scenes, yeah. which this is, because that mechanic does not belong in the middle of it. it the game is fifty percent longer than it needs to be with the with the three player variant, just don't offer it. Yeah. Well, I, I do think, so like I said, um, in the larger player counts, you will start to have more trials as well. So I mean, you can still get eliminated early in the game, but um, I don't know. I, I I think it needs to be tinkered with. The first abil- the first part of that ability is that you can use it to remove the death flag. I think that action is totally fine. It's just the other part where you can just come back to life. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. I agree. It's weird. Don't know what to do with it. Get rid of it. That's the answer. Yeah, I do. I do feel like it plays really weird with three. I, I will agree, Tom. Like I, I, I feel like you know, especially from what I've heard so far about um, Danganronpa, like it, like if there's a lot of people dying frequently, um, and in, in in our game only somebody dies once, it seems to miss a large chunk of the core of the story, which is, you know, you're constantly putting up someone for tribute, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like that in the game that we played. So, right. I, you know, I I wonder if, like, you just kind of have to cut your losses and say, well, we, you have to play with at least five or whatever it is. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the decision that you make. Because if if you're designing a game like this and you're like, okay, what, are the, what do we want players to be feeling? What is the experience that we're trying to provide? We're trying to provide pandemonium accusations. We're trying to provide, I don't know who did it. Oh, it's either you're going into the final moments of the trial, uh, desperately pleading your case, accusing somebody else, or you are wor- saying apologizing because you're having to nominate tribute. That's the experience that you're trying to provide. Uh, and that's that's a great thing. But then you have the entire second half of the game where it just piddles off into, well, I can go full mask off, and there's literally nothing that you can do about it. Mm-hmm. And it goes against the narrative, the the experience that they're trying to guide players through. you got to have the guts. At some point, if you're designing a game, you have to have the guts to say to the player, I know what I'm trying to provide you, and therefore I am going to have the guts to say no to providing variants for people who are like, oh, well, can you put in a three-player variant or a two-player? Because you get those questions. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like we've gotten questions, I think, on our Kickstarter of people asking for different uh, player variants or something like that, and, like how many people can play. Luckily, All Rise, you can play with... It, it works 
for a large group of people, but that's because there's not it's not a mechanic heavy game. Right. Yeah. It's not. It's it's mostly an experience. It's a storytelling experience that has been gamified through uh the means that we've provided. But if it was a mechanic based game, you have to you gotta you gotta respect what you've created so far. And it'd, it'd be like if someone was like, Wow, this is a really beautiful motorcycle. Uh can I take this up a <laughs> I'm trying to think of I wish I was I wish we had Daniel here. He could help me ski with slope. this. Uh, you can go down ski slope. Yeah, it's like this is a wow, what a gorgeous Harley Davidson. Hey, can you rig it so I can take it up a ski slope? <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah. Like I'm not doing that. Like it's take it where it's you're <laughs> going to have a great go, time yeah. if you're driving it down the road. So that's that's my view. That's my thought. I agree, but I I, I don't want to I don't know I don't want to harp too much on it because I I do think that is a problem that is very specific to the three player variant and I mm-hmm. you know yeah they shouldn't have had a three player variant or they just put the the final you know the what should be the third act at the round five at the end of round five at the end of the game um I don't know why they didn't do that but yeah that gives you a a little incentive to remain hidden the entire time um but also mm-hmm. you need to generate despair I think they would have been a better mechanic but you know we played the three, three player game so that's what we have to speak on um i do think it would have performed better at higher player counts mm-hmm. yeah one thing i did say I, I will say that i liked is i loved their mechanic for how to solve the individual victory points amongst people amongst the sides who win yeah who won and i didn't notice that until literally the last three minutes of the game um, <laughs> because we didn't have to implement it yeah. but it was the color coding of the rooms uh as you're drawing the room cards with a hope and despair and then like having your player card that I looked at maybe once uh, that has an affinity for certain colored rooms that you're playing throughout the entire game. Um, I thought that was a really clever way to solve that issue. Yeah. Yes. I mean, uh, have, a, have a scoring selection. system in a scoring system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's that. Uh, really I don't know if seven wonders pioneered that. I'm, I'm sure they didn't, but that is, that is one of the things you're doing in seven wonders mm-hmm. is not yeah. only collecting cards, but collecting sets of cards within those cards to uh, get bonus points or, you know, get set set bonuses and whatnot. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I think we should also probably talk about uh, not only was Seven Wonders a game that was ripped off a little bit, but uh, after, after we played this game, we found out that many of the mechanics were pulled from another game, which probably had pulled its mechanics from Seven Wonders and Werewolf and Mafia and all that. Um, so, and... To the game designer's credit, uh, this was created by Kyre Blue on Tabletop Simulator. Um, he does credit the game mechanics. He says design elements from New Salem board game by Overworld Games. So we ended up looking up New Salem, and it is a Salem witch trial game with uh, many of the same mechanics as this, which is also a fitting theme as you kind of uh, start thinking about you know sowing distress in the city um, versus. Um, trying to wean out the wean out the witches um you know it's it, it's a fitting theme and a fitting board game you can see how those go hand in hand you can see how uh blue kyre blue was playing that and he was like man this would make a great danganropa game because not only is that a similar theme but within the new salem board game they use the terms hope and despair so i mean they're just practically right. begging for this to be a uh, danganropa right. game um but yeah so I, I will give Kyra Blue a little bit of credit. He did add a few mechanics from what I can tell. He added the class trials uh, between various rounds in the game. He spruced up a couple of cards. Um, he added the ability to maybe look at other people's cards, um, give them a trader card, which is a fun little card where you, you spend your money 
and then it gives you two victory points straight up, but it makes it harder for your side to win. I think that's a it's a that's great, a great card. Mechanic, yeah, uh, yeah. And then he has a little brainwashing card, which is a great mechanic that you you buy the card, you look at it, and it either says to switch your allegiance or don't, and then you hand it to somebody. Um, so those are those are all just really great cards to add to the yeah. suspense and the uh, tension of of who's the good guys and who's the bad guys. Um, so you know we were super impressed with this design, and I think rightfully so. Um, but you know I, I think we do have to stay, take a step back and say this is you know mostly a variant of New Salem mm-hmm. more so than its own original game. Um, and and I I think that being said, this was probably the most perfect theme that you could you could pull on there you know we see a ton of reskins in the roll and move industry and uh <laughs> it's it is refreshing to see one that is like oh that makes perfect sense this is exactly what you should have put on top of these mechanics um and to Kyra blue's credit he put in some stuff that uh made it worthwhile made it worth your time and he clearly crafted this with love so um got nothing but respect on that front yep yeah absolutely uh Super talented person. Anyone who spends that much time constructing literally the room that yeah. you're playing the game in, I think clearly has an eye for detail. They clearly love the the uh, series the story mm-hmm. that they're... Yeah, they clearly love the series that they're bringing to life here, and they're bringing it to life through a completely different medium. And they're doing it... There's such a big difference between... Something like this and something like Honey Pop, right? The board, that board game that we played. And just to, to, to sort of be clear, like they were both probably made by fans of the series. Yeah. They were both probably made by, uh, they were both probably made by people who nerds liked board games. They were nerds, right? <laughs> but the level of detail and the, it, it just, it's, it's, it's miles different. And, I think that it just goes to show you that, like, some fandoms, when you really do, like, have, like, when the idea falls into the right person's hands, just how far they can take, you know, a story that they really love and that means a lot to them to just greater heights with a board game and find something that works really well with it. Because I would say this, it doesn't even feel like a reskin. It feels like it was meant to be. Uh, when you're looking at this and the mechanics that it pulls from new, it's very so, rare for us to say to that the, on the yeah. show. I think it's yeah. maybe happened once with the pandemic of Cthulhu, <laughs> <laughs> like where we were like, "Oh, this isn't that mm-hmm. bad." Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So kudos, kudos to our big guy here. But uh, I, do we have any comments on this? I would be surprised if we didn't, considering how popular big. Yeah, Bob's it's uh, it's really strange. So this is one of the biggest uh subscriber count and unique visitor counts we've seen on a uh, tabletop simulator mod as far as the games that we <laughs> that we play on the podcast go um there are 424 unique visitors 212 subscribers which are pretty good numbers um and no comments <laughs> no, no one has commented on this uh, they're just none. enjoying it in none. silence so none kyra, kyra blue posted the only comment and it's just a change log um poor guy some stuff that he had updated uh, all well, business. Well, you know, I poor like guy, but also, I mean, he's got a lot of you visitors. He's got a lot of subscribers, so people are playing it. Yeah, that's fair. They're yeah. just uh, antisocial. They don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. They don't want to get bold. They don't want to get pushed around for uh, playing They're their just dead. Games. They're, you know, I'm, they got murdered in their <laughs> high school, apparently. Yeah. <sighs> horrible, horrible killing games. Well, let's go ahead and talk about our, our own scores here. Uh, I thought this game was good. I would... 
I would enjoy playing it with uh, maybe four or five players. Yeah. Uh, I cannot recommend it for three. Uh, but we did play it for three. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. My my score is a little bit of a mixed bag because I want to keep in mind, like, the capabilities of the game, but also the experience that we had, and I want to be true to both. Uh, I'm going to go right down the middle here. I'm going to give this a... <sighs> I'm going to give this a 5.5. 5. 5.5, 5. 5. awesome. Um, yeah, I I kind of agree with that point. I, th- I think you uh, you got to I, – I, here's what you do. You use the three-player game as the teaching game, and then you jump over to the six or six or seven-player game or whatever because I think the three-player ga- – like it's a lot of like wordy rules that are very easy to pick up on once you start playing and understand the gist of the game because, you know, there's all those different phases and – they all do tie together, but it's not abundantly clear just by reading the rules. So I think you use the three-player game as the uh, the teacher, and then you jump into the six-player game after that. Um, but yes, I agree. After your first run-through, you're not going to want to play the three-player game very much. Um, take that variant out, whatever. The, my biggest gripe is the kind of the lack of real ch- choice that you're going to be making uh, by looking at the cards. Um, for the most part, it's going to come down to um, do I want to pursue a personal victory or do I want to pursue helping the entire team out, um, which is best for me right now? It it really – I wish they knew, they had that third layer of, like, what cards am I sending to my the person on my left? And I, I really don't think it quite has that just yet. Um, I think there's a couple things you could do to fix that, but right now, not there. Um, I think this is a pretty great rendition. Um, I think it's a cool concept to bring these things together. I don't know if I'm reviewing New Salem as much as I'm reviewing the Hope, Hope's Peak Academy game, um, but I would give this game a 6.5. Well, uh, for me as someone who, um, you know, isn't as big of a Danganronpa fan, uh, you know, outside looking in, I, I thought that a lot of the theme uh, thematic pieces made sense. Um, I do wish that, you know, of the drafting portion of the game, I feel like I wish I had a little bit more agency so I knew what the person to my left or right was doing or what their strategy was. It just felt like I was, like Garrett mentioned, just doing what was best for me at that particular time. So I, I didn't feel like I was looking ahead too much um, and trying to figure out or, or plan ahead for some of those things. The In our in our variant, the, the trial in the middle did feel a little weird. I was the one who died, um, and then it didn't feel like... Uh, like it felt like it hurt me, but it didn't feel like it changed the overall landscape of the game uh, too much. So that's where I feel like it could have been a little bit more, little bit more impactful. Um, but looking at some of the larger player counts, it seems like there's some really neat things like the betrayal and um, and uh, brainwashing and things like that. So I, I do think it's there. Just we didn't get a chance to experience it. Um, I think overall, like you know, the mechanics are pretty solid. Obviously, they did a lot with uh, you know things i don't usually score games for stuff outside of the game itself like the environment that it was on in tts but i'm gonna have to give a nod to that um i'm gonna score it a five awesome all right well that will bring the rough draft boys average up to 5.67 uh we don't have a bgg average we don't really have a tts mod average on here but the new salem game uh, over on board game geek has a 6.3 so if we're comparing it to that pretty similar we're, we're about on pace with that uh a 0.63 difference as far as that goes so i you know i think that's a pretty pretty good review i mean i i think as far as a uh, roll and move game goes it's definitely in the upper echelon um and i you know i think uh, if you like social deduction games and you like mafia games and you like dunganropa 
play the game. I'm glad we've been able to uh, to finally bring that subject matter into the group. And, and if you would like to talk to us about that, I have, I have played the first game, played the second game, played the third game, watched the animes, both the OV, the original Resident series Expert. and the season two. If you got, if you want to talk to me a little bit, you want to question the expert on Danganronpa, you want me to tell you why V3 sucks, <laughs> then I'm happy to do so in a spoiler-free private chat. You just have to hit me up at Rough Draft Games on Twitter. If you have any game recommendations, send those our way. We're looking for rolling rights. We're looking for RPGs. We're looking for anything we can play easily over webcam, whether that's TPS or what have you. Um, send those recommendations our way at roughdraftgames at gmail.com. I promise you, if you recommend it, I'll find a way to get it. I'll find a way to play it. If you want to tell us about your high school horror stories, come on down to roughdraftgames.com where we have uh, other games to check out. Uh, including our game All Rise that's releasing later this year. You can still order a pre-order copy. Um, we have other uh, forms of media, our blog posts, um, other episodes of Roll and Move, and just all the stuff that we're working on currently at Rough Draft Games. And lastly but not least, if you have not done so already, we would be so eternally grateful if you could go over to iTunes and if you are not, if you are not subscribed to the show, go ahead and do that. But also like it, put five stars. It helps with the algorithm. We say it every show, but we mean it every show. And we are uh, we're so grateful to you guys who have already done so. And if you haven't joined the club, there's there's apparently benefits. Garrett will fill you in on that later. There are benefits. <laughs> we don't know what they are yet, but there are. We promise that there we'll figure out something. And uh, and I, I I think that's about that's about it, right, Gare? That sort of winds it up. We are sitting Solid. here. Is there, there no no all rise announcement at this point, right? I don't even know when this episode's going out, so I don't even know if I can make it. Any I, I think it's uh, in production as of uh, as of now. Once you're listening to this in the ear holes, the game is in production, so we should be uh, having an announcement and an ETA of shipping, or at least an ETA of when it's on the shipping boat. That's a whole other ordeal. I'm just hoping it doesn't get taken over by pirates. That, then, then, <laughs> then, then we're gonna be in big trouble. We're gonna bargain uh, with them. But we will. <laughs> That's right. We've All been right. playing enough bargaining games. We're gonna be really good at that. We're not only gonna get the games back. We're gonna get some cutlasses. We're gonna get some shiny <laughs> baubles. It's gonna be great. But until those high seas adventures, you're just gonna have to sit there and wonder who done it. We'll see you next time.